Welcome back to Warrior Talk, the voice of Little Rock Christian Academy, a.k.a. Warriorville. This is Gary Arnold, your host and your head of school. Every week, as you know, we want to grab about 10 minutes of your time to share an insight on school, education, parenting, and building community in the grace and truth of Jesus. This week, I want to go back and revisit a topic that we broached two weeks ago, the number one reason why our kids might drift away from the faith, and look at it from a less statistical, less research-driven perspective to a more experiential, more autobiographical perspective. So I've invited to the microphone Miss Amanda Glenn, the chairman of our Biblical Worldview Department, who was raised in a loving, authentic Christian home and in her 20s had a crisis of faith, as it were, and decided to just drop it, to walk away, to turn the other way. And the Lord allowed that experience to just be a part of her story, whereas she was able to come out of that tunnel and come back to what is light and truth and real. So it's going to be fun just to talk to Amanda about that experience, but the lessons learned, and maybe some deeper understanding into what our kids are experiencing these days and how to shore up their faith, to help guide them into personal ownership so that maybe they won't have to go through all the turmoil of spiritual angst. Let's remind ourselves that we're trying to explain a deep, deep mystery in less than 10 minutes, and that's impossible. But I think from our conversation together, we're just going to learn a little bit more. So a couple of things that we've learned Uh, two weeks ago from the Barna research that early exposure to the gospel is good. The earlier, the better. And we looked at two turning points, age of nine, age of 13, as being real critical junctures in the faith development in our children. The other thing that we learned is that without ownership, without personal ownership of one's faith, that the risk of fallout's high. Um, And we've learned that ownership improves through healthy, authentic, just realistic parenting. And that healthy, authentic, realistic parenting, when you supplement that with a joyful, loving community, I mean, we can really overcome the odds of faith fallout. So, Amanda, when you look back on your life and you were raised in such an incredibly authentic, faithful family, and still had a crisis of faith. Fortunately, God brought you back, or you decided that truth is truth. But can you talk a little bit about that juncture in your life and what kind of precipitated that? Any insights that you've got for our families? This is an emotional conversation because, Dr. Arnold, you're right. I grew up in the most incredible family and with the most incredible teachers, um, at Little Art Christian that were investing into me um, in a great church and great community. I chose to study biblical studies in college. And so I had a personal relationship with God, a strong personal relationship with God, and it was something that um, was certainly my own. But when I went overseas um, as a missionary, I came to this crossroads of seeing poverty and seeing the world, broken world, and I just couldn't reconcile some things that God being a loving God and, and what I was seeing And when it comes down to it, uh, this sounds harsh, uh, but 
speaking from personal experience, when it comes down to it, when people walk away from the Lord, it's all about pride. That's that's it. And so it's not about um, how they were raised or how they were not raised. I have roots that allowed me to come back to the Lord, to find the Lord again, whenever it was so dark and I was reaching out and I was trying to find out what was true. And I recognized the truth from the counterfeit because I'd been shown the truth. Um, And that's my desire to teach and to pass on to these worldview students as well. And I think that's what we're we're called to do uh, in our families is to show what the truth is. And you talked about postmodernism in your last podcast. I think that's a really important thing to note that we are in a culture of postmodernism. And, and what postmodernism is, is they say that meta narrative is oppressive. And so this big story of God, something outside of ourselves, something bigger than ourselves, is oppressive to say that there's a creator that has a plan of redemption. Um, that has the story of the garden and and everything and Savior to come to redeem us and to bring us into relationship with ourselves, with himself, um, is an oppressive story. And instead, your own story and your own experience is what is truth. Everything else is, there's no absolute truth. Truth is relative and it's based on your own experience. And so what that does is it creates a culture that really fosters that identity where pride is, is where you're finding your truth. I was just about ready to ask you as to how pride could be the lock and key to mm. this situation. But you just did. You know, two weeks ago, we did talk about moral relativism and religious pluralism mm-hmm. and how those are the two components of postmodernism. And then you just said that we place ourselves, our own ego in the middle of things to make the decision as to what truth is rather than the outside story telling us what truth is. Am I getting it? Am I close, Amanda? Yes. So my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. My experience is what informs my truth. And so my experience whenever I went overseas or whenever I came into contact with um, Christians who, or people that called themselves Christians who I didn't really trust or who weren't really walking in the way of love and in truth, well, I think that we are short-sighted and we forget so much of what how we were raised and the good things that we've seen and the truth of who God is. And w- instead, we focus on what's happening to us in that moment and what we're experiencing in that moment. And so we kind of cast out what's true and we feel good whenever we can build our lives around our own understanding. All right. So... You know, Amanda, you and I both know of cases where parents have done just an extraordinary job, like your mom and dad, in raising up a family, and kids decide to uh, pull away, uh, usually temporarily, but in some rare cases for good. We also know where parents have done a lousy job, and kids have decided that the truth of Scripture is exactly that, truth. And that's just the providence and grace of God, isn't it? Reaching in to claim someone. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, parenting is key, but it's not like a guarantee of if you parent well, everything will turn will turn out well. And if you parent poorly, everything will turn out poorly. It just doesn't work that way because we have to allow the mystery of the call of God, the mystery of grace 
the mystery of the Holy Spirit, enter into this equation. And another uh, insight that I had, I don't know if this is the right time to insert it or not, but we've talked about this before in in earlier podcasts, and that is that the ancients always said, uh, don't judge a man's character until they're 30. And that's just another way of saying, just give your kids time to figure it out. I mean, where they are at 14 or 16 or 18 is important, and it could be an indicator of some problems ahead. So don't take it lightly. But at the same time, by 30 or 35 or 40, they may regain their balance and their perspective. And like Amanda said, come back to the foundation that was set earlier in their life. Amanda, since you're dealing with so many teenagers every day and they share with you where they are on their journey so openly, you know, what else are you learning that we can learn from? This is where I get excited because the Lord led me back to himself. And immediately, uh, about six months later, I started attending seminary um, and started studying early church history. And what you and I, Dr. Arnold, share is a passion for the early church fathers. And the thing that they do so well, their focus is on God first and the bigness of God and who God is as creator and the distinction between creator and creature. And they just find uh, it's not about who we are. And so I think that that frames, that allows us to frame a really good perspective whenever we start in humility already um, and say this is the bigness of who God is. Um, my box was a, a little too little. I had um, a lot of pride in um, what I had known and studied as a, as a graduate of Little Art Christian, um, as a person passionate for Jesus, as a person who had read her Bible a million times and then had you know gone to church and worked in church and then had gone and studied biblical studies. Um, I had a little too much pride in my own understanding and in my own knowledge, and uh, that's a common place that our kids are in. That's not a bad place for them to be unless they continue down that road of pride. But if we're able to form, if we're able to challenge them in humility, uh, to look at the bigness and and to wonder at God, and then not only that, but to match up our practice with our beliefs about who God is, uh, then I think that we can really meet our kids where they're at. Because they can see through hypocrisy very, very well. And they want, and these students right now in this generation, they're passionate about justice. They're passionate about, about reaching the marginalized. If we teach God, if we teach Jesus, and if we focus on who God is, then I think that it's going to pull the distraction away from Christianity and paint a bigger picture of who God is. I love that. You know, so I think in this season of hope, what we've just heard is a story of hope. So that I know there are families that are hurting right now and somewhat dismayed that after all these years and after all this investment and and all this intentionality, that their children just might not be latching on to it the way we had hoped. And so know that through time and grace and dialogue and surrender, that there's great hope for the story to end well. And, And not only that, Amanda's got an insight 
we have to recognize that this is a spiritual battle as well. Um, and I see that in my kids walking in every day, um, that this is not a battle of flesh and blood, that this is uh, a battle that's spiritual. And uh, there is an administrator on campus that walks in every single morning and prays over every single one of their classrooms in their building and turns on the lights. So that sets the tone for the day because she knows that this is a spiritual battle and that she can pray over the building every morning and every afternoon. And ultimately, that's what your job as a parent um, and my job as a teacher in pouring into these students, it, it starts with prayer. There is a story about St. Augustine, um, who's this incredible church father, did tremendous things for the faith, but his mother, Monica, prayed so hard for him that he actually attributes his faith for the pra- because of the prayers of his mother. And he was a mess. He went and looked at every single philosophy out there. He partied with the crazy ones. I mean, if you, if you want to know a story about the wanderers, go, go and read Confessions, and you can see a, a party child and then a, a one that comes back and, and really finds Jesus and changes the church as a result. And so just an encouragement to, to you out there. Continue in your prayers. And one last thing. And that is, you know, ask yourself the question, how much gospel are my kids getting at church? How much gospel are my kids getting at home? How much gospel are my kids getting at school? This isn't to be judgmental. This is to just get real and assess your landscape. I think what you'll discover is as your family is encountering the gospel at church and it's a, and as your family's encountering the gospel at home and as your family's encountering the gospel at school, it all comes together into a real three-part harmony. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And we believe that. We pray that you'll believe that and that we'll continue to work together for the eternal future of the children we love and our very own souls. So thank you for tuning in this close to Christmas. I know you're busy. We'll check back with you after Christmas with some more thoughts from Warriorville. And until then, go in peace and go Warriors. Warriors.